We're here with the head of customer engagement and advocacy at NextThink. He's got some experience as the VP of customer success at For Me, fatherhood on LinkedIn. <laughs> Check that one out. A uh, long tenure of consulting and a long time at BMC. Welcome to Ticket Volume, news and information for improving IT experiences, powered by Invigate. John Layton, welcome to Ticket Volume. It is fabulous to be here, Matt. Thanks so much for having me. Yes, thank you for being here. So talk a little bit about NextThink. I know that you guys, like the goal is to focus on improving experiences, right? Yeah, yeah, we're a digital employee experience company. That's really what we do. And where we intersect, you know, the world, Matt, you and I have absorbed in around service management, right? We've all been around this space for a while. Where we get involved there, you know, digital employee experience is all about not only how are we optimizing technology, making it the best fit for the employee so the employee can achieve maximum productivity, but also how do we take into account that human element, the humanistic piece, right? How do they feel about the technology they're using? How do they, how does the technology they're using enable them? How do we not impose our technology standards on a new employee that maybe has grown up with a different tech stack at their fingertips. So really, digital employee experience is all about how do we unleash the potential of the employee in the organization? How do we enable IT and the enterprise to, to really empower their em employees versus what you and I know happens sometimes that we, we put technical standards in place that constrain folks from getting the job done? Yeah, yeah, it's totally true. The, I think the most obvious one coming from an employee perspective is usually like the selection of the workstation because it's so personal. You're touching this device all day long. You're constantly reading data. You're constantly inputting and outputting data from these devices. So it really has a huge impact on the employee experience. Yeah. 100%. And I think that even we think we're experienced people, right? You, Matt, Masaya, you know, the people you and I hang around with, we're experienced people. And we know experiences have a start, a middle, an end. And certainly in the employee life cycle, the start of that in relation to technology is often onboarding. And beautiful thing when your organization actually says, how do, you, how do you want to consume technology, right? Versus dictating just because you're a particular role in a particular part of the organization. Can we give you a few more choices now? Still in a cost-effective manner, but just allow you to work the way you can be most effective working. That's what it's all about. Yeah, exactly. Watch the people work with them to do the user research and really understand what is their productivity pipeline look like? How are they actually experiencing the technology? Why would you not include them in these devices, these mm -hmm. device decisions, these application decisions, and help people be free within your capabilities, of yeah. course. So let's talk a little bit about NextThink's principle of DEX. What is DEX? Yeah. So really what we're trying to do is we're, we are experts at deep analytics when it comes down to what's actually going on around a device, around the connectivity of that device, around the browser. Large enterprise, typical our customers, global entities, and they're spending billions of dollars on technology infrastructure, these corporate apps, SaaS apps. Yeah, there's so much money going there. The reality is all of those billions of dollars that are at my kind of fingertips none of it matters if the experience I have in accessing them is awful. And that's what we're trying to do. What we're trying to do is blend a couple of things. We're trying to say we can capture a ton of data, some incredible analytics around the device performance, the piece of hardware you're using. We can then capture a ton of information about the network connectivity, whether you're, you're in the office, whether you're hardwired into the office, whether you're Wi-Fi, whether you're home, whether you're hybrid and fluctuating between the two. We can see a difference in experience there, right? The connection is really important. Then there's the corporate apps. 
the big apps where we're spending a ton of money. We can see adoption. We can see the performance of your interaction, your kind of usability of those apps. And then the last piece is the browser as well. The browser is becoming an ever more important part of the digital kind of desktop stack, worksite stack, and everything we're accessing via SaaS is via the browser. So that becomes a really important part. And really what we're doing is we're taking those sort of, those hard data points around all those different things, but we're combining them with an ability to, in an unobtrusive way, capture employee feedback. And what we really feel is that when you blend that hard data points with that employee sentiment, that's when we can really drive this, what we call the DEX score, the digital experience score. It's the fusion of these two things. And why that matters is because it allows us to better prioritize. For one thing, it's about prioritization. Can we make sure we're solving the problems that not only where the tech's waving its hands at us telling us it's got a problem, but where the employee's also telling us that. You know, so often I think, especially in the current climate, We've got to be laser focused on where we spend our dollars. And we can sometimes go chasing down a rabbit hole of tech that looks broken and yet the employee can work. They've not noticed. So is it really broken? Is it broken in their eyes? It just It's a great opportunity for better prioritization. Yeah, it's this intersection of measuring literally the experience, measuring the perceived experience, and then measuring the delivered experience. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful combination of factors. How is it represented? Is it like, it is like a number, like a one to 10? What is it? Yeah, it is literally a score. And in our earliest iterations of this, we were really trying to Candidly, we drove it really to be a benchmarking thing. I don't know about you. I started my IT career a fair few years ago, shall we say, and I ran service desks, I ran service delivery teams, and I was always interested in how does what we do compare to other people, other organizations. So I think the early version of our DEX score was really about benchmarking comparisons. But what we found is that a lot of folks, the challenge there is to have a score that's universal, but you can't necessarily action it for your own improvement plans. So we actually adapted it a little bit, made it far more customizable. But what we're seeing now, the latest iteration, really tells us that at a sub-level, a boot time of a device is universal. So how I decide to score and factor my scoring into really be reflective of the experiences I want to deliver, we give you full capability to tailor that while looking at right down at the sort of sub-processor level, we build all this data together that can allow us to put some benchmark data out there so folks can get a good sense of, in, in the insurance industry, what's a, what's the right sort of boot time or what's the right sort of performance of core apps that are used across those industries. It really makes a lot of sense, of course. The boot time, that's such a good example of something that you don't really think about sometimes, especially in the day-to-day, because how... When's the last time you rebooted your laptop? Yeah, don't test me on that, actually. We did a we did an exercise. <laughs> We've done a bunch of stuff at NextLink, actually, around green IT. And honestly, one of the things, there's some fascinating data when you look into green. Like enterprise technology would have been the third, like the fifth largest consumer as a country of energy if it was a country. So there's definitely a ton of work we've done around there. And one of those campaigns, it's almost a wellness thing, right? I'm terrible. I don't shut my laptop down enough. So at next thing, what we can do is we can actually see that's a behavior from the employee. And honestly, Matt, all of us know that sometimes if you just regularly restart your device, it is going to cure some things, but it also means it's patched, it's safe, it's secure. So that's a behavioral thing on behalf of the employee. We can help. We can have an engage campaign, just target those folks in a nice sort of friendly way, just going to the people that maybe haven't rebooted in three weeks and encourage it here at next thing we did that in really quite a fun way where we we drink our own champagne of course so we're using next thing over here and it was really just this sense of look you deserve a break as well so on a friday 
when the day ends, shut down your machine, shut down yourself, take a break. So it's that sort of messaging where we really tie into that humanistic side. We know that technology works best when it's cared for, nurtured, but actually so do human beings. So it's a, it's a nice dual message. Wow, that's pretty cool. What a good story. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm getting all philosophical with you. What are you going to do? <laughs> But but that's important. That I think Honestly, it's really important. That... There's, there, there's a real driver behind this. This is about, and you and I have seen this in people we talk within the industry and this drive for a more human element. We really, sometimes we think of this as people-centric IT, right? For far too long, the technology has been seen as the most important thing, not the experience of those consuming that technology. And that's what we need to shift. That's really where we can make a difference. And I tell folks, you know, the challenge there is we get some pushback at times from customers about what am I going to do with this notion of people's feelings? And what can I do with a feeling, right? And it's that whole idea of Tom Peters for years has talked about hard is soft is hard, right? And it's the feelings that can move the needle, even though in this digital age, we're all about data. But it's important that we understand how people are consuming these digital services. And I know for myself, Matt, I don't know about you, but I know that when I have an amazing day in the office and I'm hyper productive and when technology has enabled me to be hyper productive, I'm a better driver on the road. I'm a better husband. I'm a better father. I'm a better guy pushing the supermarket trolley around the supermarket. It does make a difference when we can be productive. That's what it's all about. Healthy people help people. Yeah, that's for sure. Let's talk about some of the relationship to service management. I'm going to put you on the spot, but would you see something like an improvement initiative around this relating to continual service improvement? Or would this be like separate? Would this be part of HR? How do you see people implementing the improvement of their deck score yeah, of, of their I, digital employee experience? Yeah, it's a good question. I think it's multifaceted though. I think there's some of our customers definitely they have real problems right they have problems of too many tickets they have problems of being stuck in the trapped in this never-ending cycle of too reactive to become proactive so there's a piece of the puzzle there where we're really trying to help solve that very immediate problem that's costing them a ton of money and probably slowing down their ability to adapt, you know, as an organization. And we, we do that by really shining a light on the data that we can capture that, that nobody could see before. You know, as again, an ex-service desk guy, I always knew there was more stuff going on out there in the world versus the incidents I saw. I couldn't see it. So there, there was not really any value in worrying about it. You know, now we can shine a light on the, what, 50% plus of disruption that's happening that no one ever told IT, right? The little stuff that added together makes kind of big disruption. That's what we're able to shine a light on. And in that way, we're able to get really proactive, working very closely with service management. What we really like to do is inject some of our data into the service management existing processes. Those processes have been established over decades. The de facto worldwide standard for how you do some of this stuff. And, you know, it's important that we bring some good insights into that while also pushing a message as well that even incident management even ITIL I'm a big fan of ITIL you know I used ITIL many times over the years in different ways but I do sometimes ask myself who was it for was it for the business was it for the employer was it in fact to make life easier for IT and I think that's where we like to bring in some mm -hmm. data a little bit of a different mindset where we partner with service management we look at getting the right data into the hands of those professionals so they can drive shift left so they can automate left because everyone wins if we can automate issues away and ideally with the analytics we have we can start to spot the trends that cause incidents in the first place so let's really get proactive and not just avoid the ticket but avoid the disruption in the first place 
Yeah. I like that as an answer. It's what we used to call enterprise service management because it was this novelty to practice service management across the organization beyond IT. But in reality, you need these self-forming teams. You need to be able to cross silos and just determine what needs to change about the employee experience Mm. and then decide how you're going to invest. Agreed. When we started this part of the conversation, you listed a number of areas, HR and across sort of service management and other parts of the business. You know, we have organizations, customer of ours, that have their model office. And if there's a new piece of tech, they put it in their model office, they run Nextlink over it to see what would be the implication of adding this to our desktop in relation to the employee experience. And sometimes it's great and it works wonderfully. Sometimes it doesn't and it gives them an ability to go back to the vendors and really challenge. I add this to my stack, what's it going to do? But even at a bigger level, M&A activity, that's a huge piece of work when we have these mergers and acquisitions and we're going to be trying to combine stacks. If you can't baseline effectively, not just what the experience is of those employees, but the full suite of technology and software metering and software asset management, it remains somewhat limited by the fact it'll tell you that an X has been deployed, but it doesn't really tell you if it's being used. Now, is it actually being used? Are we truly consuming that license for value, being able to see the transactions that are taking place? It allows us to say with confidence to spend on this particular license or this solution there's a utility value so that becomes really powerful as well and then into the hr world one of our largest north american customers actually reached out to us you know their tech team introduced us to their hr people their people team and they were really interested because they ran a whole program of moments that matter in the employee journey and they came up with i think it was nine key moments around onboarding you know they were surprised as a people team about the level with which technology supported every single one of those nine moments that matters. We used to take this sort of demographic approach, didn't we, where if you're in this country and your job title is this, you get this technology stack. It doesn't work anymore. We're really thinking about what are the trends of how people use technology over a period of time and can we start to model out those trends into more composite experiences that are a far better fit for the individual and how they want to operate. Exactly. Yep. It's a competitive edge. That's the value to companies. Mm -hmm. I love that. So, Mr. Layton, where can people connect with you? Where can they learn more? Yeah, you can certainly visit us at nextthink.com. I mean, I look after all of our community engagement as well. So you can come and find me at john.layton at nextthink.com. Of course, on LinkedIn, we're out there and we're talking. And we've got our Dex Hub as well. On nextthink.com, of course, we talk about Nextthink. On Dex Hub, we're really talking about the what, the why, the how of digital employee experience, why you should care. We've got a ton of content out there, some great people doing podcasts, Ariana Huffington, a bunch of different people giving us their view on what it means to be an employee and the use of technology. So that's the Dex Hub. Some great places to go and check out some of our content there, man. Nice. Love it. Thanks for joining, John. Thanks for being here. My pleasure, Matt. Look forward to coming and joining you again sometime. Excellent. And for our audience, thanks for hitting play, and I'll see you around the way. I'm your host, Matt Barron. You can find me on LinkedIn and Twitter as Matt Barron. Post a review, send us some feedback, subscribe to Ticket Volume on your favorite platforms, and thank you for listening to Ticket Volume, a podcast powered by Invigate.